Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. It's Wall Builders. We're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. Fortunately, today, even while talking about those hot topics, it's going to be good news. So I hope that you're excited about today. I tell people when I'm traveling around the country, if you don't listen to anything else on Wall Builders, listen on Fridays because we can all use that little pick-me-up of good news. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution coach and former Texas legislator, serving here with David and Tim Barton. David's America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders. Tim Barton's a national speaker, ambassador, and president of Wall Builders. You can learn more about all three of us and the organization at wallbuilders.com. Of course, the name comes from a scripture in Nehemiah that says, Arise and rebuild the walls that we may no longer be a reproach. And that's what we're doing. We're rebuilding the foundations. And the good news stories we're going to share with you today are about exactly that. What are some of the victories that are happening out there as not only we here at Wall Builders engage in this, but you engage in doing your duty, living out your biblical citizenship. And of course, just like in the book of Nehemiah, which I've been reading a lot the last few weeks, and uh, man, it's just, uh, they, they fa- <laughs> Nehemiah faced all the same political opposition, the lies, of, I mean, all that nonsense that we think is new today. <laughs> he faced all of that all of those years ago, and it was so cool to see the people come together and do their duty and rebuild the walls. We can do the same thing today, folks, and that's why we want to share so much good news with you today. All right, guys, time to dive into good news. And just a reminder, if you didn't watch or listen, I'm sorry, to yesterday's program, uh, we had good news on Foundations of Freedom Thursday. That good news being that uh, we're pushing back in Washington, D.C., where they said no to basic advertising about George Washington. And so uh, make sure you listen to that program. You'll be excited to know what's happening with our wall builders advertising lawsuit against, uh, what is it, guys? Washington area is the easiest way to remember it. Wamada. That sounds, um, I don't know, just weird. Wamada. Um, anyway, they're the transit authority there that didn't want, uh, you know, George Washington on the sides of their buses. So uh, that's going to be some good stuff. Anyway, what? make sure you listen to yesterday's program. You can get that at our website today, wallbuilders.com. And uh, David, where do you want to go with the good news? Well, the good news is that there is, uh, we've always talked about being on offense, how you want to be on offense. Proverbs twenty two twenty one: a wise man attacks the city of the mighty. And that's the thing you need to do is be on offense. So literally, in this case, we have gone on offense of wall builders and our good friends over at First Liberty. They're part of the co-counsel in this case. Uh, this is a federal case. It's in federal court in Washington, D.C. And being in Washington, D.C. and not in any of the states, that really puts it in a kind of a different pathway. It doesn't have to go through a state and the, the, a federal state court. Um, and that sounds oxymoronic to say a federal state court, but a federal court in a state. It's a federal court in the jurisdiction of District of Columbia, which means if it ever goes on appeal, it's one step closer to the Supreme Court by starting in Washington, D.C. But co-counsel was First Liberty. But that's part of the other story. The other part of the co-counsel on this is the ACLU, if you can imagine that. So the ACLU, so often we talk about them being you know, secular, liberal on the other side. Wait a minute, of uh, David, I, th- I, th- I think you might have your acronyms uh, m- messed up. Uh, you said that the ACLU is uh, is representing wall builders, so something must be wrong with your notes there. Um, we might need to fix that. Well, uh, these guys are kind of making me have to change my acronyms because for a long time <laughs> I've been able to say ACLU stands for the Anti-Christian Litigation Unit because that's what they've yeah, always done. Yeah. It's been on the wrong side. And, and here now— the ACLU with the, some of their local attorneys in Washington, D.C. said, hey, we, we want to get on this. I don't know. Maybe they're looking for more wins. You know, maybe they're looking for low hanging. <laughs> uh, who knows why? Who cares why? It doesn't matter why. 
The point is that they are a co-counsel with Liberty Council, which is really a significant statement to make. And we're happy to partner with people who want to move the ball down the court constitutionally. And Dad, let me jump in too and point out that that is two of the three that are representing us. Uh, there is First Liberty, the ACLU, and then the law firm of Steptoe LLP. And they were actually I mean, one of the big guns in the case. Uh, we were very happy with Steptoe and First Liberty to represent us. And the ACLU saw it and said, hey, we would love to sign on with this because we recognize what is happening in Washington, D.C. That is a total abuse of the First Amendment. And we want to stand with you on this. And we said, uh, okay, right? Like we're, we're, we're not looking for the ACLU to partner with us, but like that's that's pretty impressive that they want to be a part of this. And it does give some credibility that this is not a right-wing, left-wing issue. This is really a First Amendment issue that is clearly being violated in the midst of this. But I did want to point out that uh, the ACLU, even though right now they're kind of putting their names in the front, like, hey, we're the ones doing this. Well, they're one of three that is doing this. And Steptoe is really the big ones uh, from from that area of Washington, D.C. that were going to represent us. But when the ACLU saw the case and they wanted to to sign on, we said, absolutely. Uh, we, we had to approve it. Uh, the council recommended they thought it would be good for the case because now it looks like it's not just a right-wing kind of issue, that this is literally a First Amendment free speech, freedom of religion issue, which it, it absolutely is. What's also interesting is we... Uh, no, well, no, I I better not disclose some of that. We're going to have to wait for the attorney. At some point, we're going to have the attorney, Jeremy Dice, join us, and we can talk about it. Uh, I want to make sure I don't say things I'm not supposed to say and get myself in trouble. But the bottom line, this is a First Amendment issue. It's very clear. And when the ACLU, when even the ACLU recognizes that you were done wrong, whoever's on the other side, they 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 better recognize pretty quickly they messed up on this one. You know, Tim, it's really hard for me to have restraint here and not goad you into saying something because, you know, I, I like the sound of you being in trouble. It's just fun. I don't know. I, I just, you know, I, 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 but I won't do it. I won't do it. I'm going to have restraint and we're going to go to other good news. No, and no, folks, you're just no, going to have to tune no, no, in. No, we're not going so, to other good news yet. I still got more to go. So uh, more, more good news on this. Go ahead, man. <laughs> I'm going to stay with ACLU for a minute because while it's amazing thing that they're representing a a very openly Christian organization like Wall Builders, and they're doing it on a First Amendment case. I've got a headline here that says ACLU represents the NRA in a case before the Supreme Court. So how wow. do you get the ACLU with the NRA? That's about as unlikely as getting the ACLU with Wall Builders. But I, you know, maybe that speaks to something going on in the country that that. Even the left is finding out they don't like not having a constitution. I don't, I don't know what the motive is. I don't care what it is. Uh, but nonetheless, the, here's the ACLU on two cases that you would just normally not think that, that they're, they're there on. And part of what happened with wall builders, and we covered this a little bit yesterday, Tim pointed out, it was just a, a historical picture. I mean, a traditional historical picture associated with the Capitol, with founding fathers, et cetera. And it had a QR code, a QR code would literally take you to uh, uh, just a page of history, just just looking at historical quotes and other things. And so with that in mind, here's a third story that goes with this. And it was when Mike Johnson became speaker. And right after he became speaker, this is now a couple of weeks back, right after he became speaker, uh, CNBC anchor got him on there and, and, and really went after him for his faith. And hey, you know, w when you were made the speaker, you, you prayed there on the floor and 
don't you recognize kind of that that violates the separation church and state and you shouldn't be praying in public and et cetera. And it just watching the clip and, and you, you can do a search on this and look up Speaker Johnson, CNBC host. He just takes down the, the, the host by just going to history. He said, well, and he just quoted history and he quoted history in such a way that it was clear that the CNBC host had not heard that history. And I want to just read a little bit of what Mike said. He said, faith, our deep religious heritage and tradition is a big part of what it means to be an American. When the founders set the system up, they wanted a vibrant expression of faith in the public square because they believed that a general moral consensus and virtue was necessary to maintain this grand experiment in self-government that we created a government of, by, and for the people. We don't have a king in charge, so we've got to keep morality among us so that we can have accountability. Now, that statement in itself is the essence of what we would like people to understand if they go to the website and see the historical quotes. It goes back to Washington's farewell address that the whole indispensable basis of our constitutional system is religion and morality. Those are the two things that really hold the Constitution up. And Mike Johnson got that, and it looks like that maybe even the ACLU has got at least part of that because they at least want to be part of the case defending that very notion. So there's three quick good news stories all in a row right to open up, Rick. I love it. And I think you're right. Good sign. You know, and, and, and we are seeing more and more of this across the country as usually it's liberals, not leftists, but li- that, that see liberty being uh, really eroded. And they're starting to be very concerned and say, man, I got to team up with you. I don't remember if I told you guys about the guy that walked into a, one of our biblical citizenship classes up in Connecticut. A pastor, a friend of ours told me about this and said, you know, I, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in God at all. But the left hates you guys at, at, at church, and uh, I hate the left, so I think I want to team up with you. <laughs> and so he started coming to the class, gave his life to Christ in the fourth week, got baptized in the fifth week. So you just never know. A lot of good teaming up for anybody that loves liberty. Quick break, guys. We'll be right back. It's Good News Friday, folks. Stay with us. You're listening to Wall Builders. Have you noticed the vacuum of leadership in America? We're looking around for leaders of principle to step up, and too often, no one is there. God is raising up a generation of young leaders with a passion for impacting the world around them. They're crying out for the mentorship and leadership training they need. Patriot Academy was created to meet that need. Patriot Academy graduates now serve in state capitals around America, in the halls of Congress, in business, in the film industry, in the pulpit, in every area of the culture. They're leading effectively and impacting the world around them. Patriot Academy is now expanding across the nation, and now's your chance to experience this life-changing week that trains champions to change the world. Visit PatriotAcademy.com for dates and locations. Our core program is still for young leaders 16 to 25 years old, but we also now have a citizen track for adults. So visit the website today to learn more. Help us fill the void of leadership in America. Join us in training champions to change the world at PatriotAcademy.com. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. In the early 1700s, the Reverend John Wise preached that all men were created equal, that taxation without representation was tyranny, and that God's preferred form of government was the consent of the governed, all of which is language recognizable in the Declaration of Independence. Why? Because in 1772, the Sons of Liberty, led by founders such as Sam Adams and John Hancock, reprinted and distributed the Reverend Wise's sermons. So four years later, much of the Declaration reflected the language of those sermons by John Wise. 
1926, on the 150th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, President Calvin Coolidge affirmed, the thoughts in the Declaration can very largely be traced back to what John Wise was saying. Few today know that the Declaration was so strongly influenced by the Reverend John Wise. For more information on this and other stories, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wobbler's Good News Friday today. Thanks for staying with us. Let's jump into some more good news. Tim Barton with the next piece of good news. Tim? This one's coming from Michigan, and I, I feel like we've had several articles very similar to this over the last couple of months. This one says 62, Michigan churches leave UMC, which is United Methodist Church, amid schism over homosexuality. And one of the things that, that we have talked about periodically, more internally probably than on radio, is about some of these denominations that have embraced so much secularism, so, so much uh, really anti-biblical doctrine that it, it, when we look at denominations as a whole, some denominations have done a much better job of aligning themselves to the truth of the Word of God and staying consistent to that truth. And obviously, that a church is going to be led by pastors, by the elders, right, some deacons. And so it, it's much more about the leadership of the church than it is necessarily the denomination, although... Certain denominations tend to have much better leaders and, and their doctrine and theology is much better. Well, the UMC, the United Methodist Church, has been a denomination that has really historically the last several decades been going the wrong direction. They've embraced a lot of wokeism. And what's been really remarkable to me is how many pastors and leaders, how many churches in this denomination have begun pushing back and saying, well, we're not okay with this. We're not okay with this direction. And in most cases, it's not the majority of the churches in that denomination in those various states. But the fact that we're having 30 or 40 percent, in some cases, of churches of the United Methodist Church in these states that are saying, we're not okay with this, with with the kind of woke cultural uh, moral decay that's being embraced and even promoted inside of the church, where in this specific case, when you have the United Methodist Church that is is now changing the biblical position of homosexuality and saying, you know, generally that, hey, we think it's okay for for homosexuality, uh, for, for for even lesbians to be pastors, leaders, uh, for lesbian bishops. Like, we, we think all this is acceptable from a biblical perspective, which, of course, that contradicts some very clear verses in Scripture. But this is a position they've taken. And so to me, it's just such good news to realize that even inside of these very left liberal woke embracing denominations that there have been churches that remained in there that did not swallow that wokeism that didn't embrace that wokeism and that are now coming out acknowledging that they are not okay with this and therefore they're leaving that denomination because of the unbiblical policy so just really good news to me seeing that happen in michigan again we talked about this a lot over the last couple of weeks uh with churches in various states that we're leaving some of these woke denominations. But this is just one more example. And to me, it's really good news that as we're seeing a culture embrace wokeism, that even in some of these really leftist denominations, that not everybody's embracing this wokeism. And that's really good news. Yeah, Tim, I'll just add to that uh, before we go to break. You know, I just talked to a, someone from a UMC church just a few days ago that said their church voted. And by two votes, they voted to stay in, but then half the church left. Right. So there's the, the, even even beyond the numbers of churches that are actually leaving over this issue, 
Uh, there's also a lot of people within the churches that stayed that are saying, no, I'm going to go to a biblical church. I, I, I can't I can't deal with this anymore. Um, so maybe, you know, Lord willing, there's going to be a massive influx into biblical churches and a massive number of churches that become more biblical uh, that had been straying away from that. So very, very good news for the culture on all of those fronts. Quick break, guys. We'll be right back. It's Good News Friday, folks. Stay with us. You're listening to Wall Builders. Hey guys, we want to let you know about a new resource we have at Wall Builders called The American Story. For so many years, people have asked us to do a history book to help tell more of the story that's just not known or not told today. And we would say very providentially in the midst of all of the new attacks coming out against America, whether it be from things like the 1619 Project that say America is evil and everything in America was built off slavery, which is certainly not true, or things like even the Black Lives Matter movement, the organization itself, not not the statement Black Lives Matter, but the organization that says we're against everything that America was built on and this is part of the Marxist ideology. There's so many things attacking America. Well, is America worth defending? What is the true story of America? We actually have written and told that story. Starting with Christopher Columbus, going roughly through Abraham Lincoln, we tell the story of America not as the story of a perfect nation or a perfect people, but the story of how God used these imperfect people and did great things through this nation. It's a story you want to check out. Wallbuilders.com, The American Story. We're back on Wobblers. It's Good News Friday. Diving into more of those good news stories. David's up next. David? Well, this goes back to a story. Since Mike Johnson's been Speaker, uh, there's been a, a number of interesting votes in the House of Representatives. And so one of these votes actually is, as they're making these negotiations, trying to break the logjam and the funding in D.C., uh, the Senate in control of the Democrats has taken pretty liberal positions, and the House is really taking pretty conservative positions. And Mike, thus far, has been able to stand pretty strong on some of those positions not to yield on them, whether it be some of the Ukraine funding or whatever. But some of the funding they dealt with over on the House side, they said, you know what? We are not going to allow any funding for Iran, period, at all. And, and the administration has been resurrecting these these kind of funds that have been set aside. And, and they had sequestered the funds and said they can't go to Iran. But then the Biden administration started putting funds into Iran, and we saw that particularly before the attack on Israel by Hamas, that the administration released a lot of the funds to Iran. And so we knew Iran was using those funds in the north. They're using them over in the Yemen area and out of Syria as well and out of Lebanon. So there was just a, a, a thing in the House that said, we're just not going to do this. Well, what was really good news is it was not a partisan vote. There were actually 90 Democrats that joined with the Republicans and said, yeah, we should not be giving any money to Iran at all. And so Steve Scalise, who is the majority leader in the House, uh, he actually produced a really good graph just from the last few years showing the number of atrocities committed by Iran and why we should not be funding them at all. And I was really surprised by some of this. I had not recognized that Iran is executing about three of its own citizens every day. They, they're just butchering their own citizens. Uh, they even had a, a protest in Iran over water shortage, and they just absolutely butchered the protesters. And, and so I, he's got this long list of all these atrocities that Iran has committed against its own people. And here, D.C. is helping prop up that regime. And, and this is a completely appropriate word with this with this country, Iran. It is a regime. And it was just really good to see 90 Democrats join with the Republicans and say, yep, Iran should not get a single dime from the United States. 
Well, and it might be worth clarifying too. I don't know if it was all of D.C. as much as it was the Biden administration uh, when Joe Biden was really unilaterally freeing up funds and saying we're giving those funds. But not to take away from the fact that's amazing news when you were having that many Democrats break with the president who is part of their own party to say, this is crazy. We should not be doing this, which of course is true, but you don't often see that many uh, individuals from one party going against the the leader, the president from their own party. So that is, that's really good news. Yeah. And Tim, you're totally right. If I said DC, I definitely meant Biden because it was a Biden administration thing that he's done where he's unfreezed those funds. So my bad if I said D.C., because it definitely is. And, and as you said, it is 90 Democrat members of the House going against the leader of their own party at the national level, going against the president. That that takes a lot of courage to do that. But I was glad to see that much conviction. And it is literally bipartisan now. And a lot of times they use the word bipartisan and they get two from the other party to vote with them, with all their folks. It's bipartisan. You pick this. This is not one or two. This is 90. That That's like nearly half the Democrat caucus going in now that would be a discussion for another day why is half the democrat caucus voting to fund iran and not wanting to cut off funds to iran it should be a hundred percent of americans and maybe that's the issue maybe they're not true americans our friend chad Connolly likes to say that a lot they're so liberal and so progressive and so globalist they're really not americans even though they live here but nonetheless if i said dc totally wrong good correction tim thanks well, and it, and it also tells you just how far out there the president uh, is on this and those that other half, as you said, of the, of the Democrats that we could do a whole other program on that. But, Tim, let's stick with good news. What's uh, what's your next piece of good news? Well, guys, we, we have talked uh, much throughout this year at various times about the, what we think is probably a great awakening happening in America. And we, we talked about if you look historically at the first and second great awakening, they were not times of unity. They were times of moral clarity. In those times, when you look at the 30 and 40 years leading up to the American Revolution, when the First Great Awakening was happening, you, you look at 1800, 1860, when the Second Great Awakening is happening, and, and America is becoming increasingly divided and polarized over the issue of slavery. Church denominations are splitting over the issue of slavery. It was not a unifying time in America, but truth and morality were being debated. And what is also unquestionable is that people's eyes were being opened and and, and so many people were coming to God. They were coming to Christ. Uh, Charles Finney, a, a major leader from the Second Great Awakening, he uh, it, it, it's estimated that more than 100,000 people came to Christ under his leadership. So his leadership is responsible for so much and really a lot of fun stories from his life we can get into. But but the point I want to make is we, we really think that, that God is on the move. And, and, and we're seeing that for sure in America. But what I think is also interesting is as we're seeing the, the the challenges and difficulties in America, we can look now at the rest of the world and see that a lot of the rest of the world is also being put in a place where they're having to confront the reality of some really bad leftist liberal policies, uh, whether it be immigration and inflation. And we can kind of go down the list. And in a lot of places, people are waking up. And, and as much as we talk about a great awakening happening in America, it is very clear and evident if you start doing a little research that God is on the move all over the world. This is an article relating to that. The headline says, Daddy Yankee quits. Reggaeton will devote life to Christ. And I think it's reggaeton. Maybe is that what it's pronounced? But one of the the biggest stars internationally speaking, um, he's done not songs that probably any of us know well listen to. Although, uh, Despacito was a song I'd, I'd heard of that one before. I'd, I'd recognize it. it's not one that I sing a lot, uh, right? But 
I, I knew what it was. He was in front of a crowd of 18,000 people in Puerto Rico. And uh, they, they, he considered this his farewell tour. And he told them at the end of the concert, um, he actually starts crying as he's telling them. He says that uh, I, I've, I have been looking in my life. Uh, he said, I, I want to share with you, living a life of success is not the same as living a life of purpose. Despite all the accolades, awards, and global adoration, a part of me felt unfulfilled for a long time. I have to confess that those days are over. Someone was able to fill that emptiness. And he goes on to talk about his conversion to Christianity. Uh, he, he, he quotes the verse, what good will it be for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Uh, he told them, he said, that's why tonight I recognize I'm not ashamed to tell the whole world that Jesus lives in me and I will live for him. He said he's giving up his music career. He's going to dedicate the rest of his life uh, for for the kingdom of God, uh, for living his life for Jesus. Uh, and he wants to lead people on that journey. Uh, and, and what's interesting is this article highlights that he's not the only one of, of major international uh, musical talent that have recently, recent years, decided that they were going to give up their careers to be proclaimers of the gospel, to uh, that right, they went through a conversion experience, they got saved, and now they want to share that. And so they are using their platform to make a difference. And, and this is really encouraging to me because so often we can get overwhelmed feeling like there's so much negative, there, there's so many problems. And I think sometimes we forget that that God is still on the move and God is doing things and God is reaching people in all kinds of places. And this is just a really fun example to me when you're looking at, at Daddy Yankee, again, probably not someone that, at least for the three of us, right? He's not on a normal playlist for us, but he is a, a internationally recognized uh, musical talent. And for him to come out boldly and openly and say that he's changing his whole life and he's going to live the rest of his life for Jesus and trying to lead people to Jesus, that is really encouraging. Well, I know if uh, if you're out there listening and you're like me, you don't want Fridays to come to an end. Good News Fridays are always so encouraging so thank you david tim for for bringing those stories to us for really sometimes having to having to go out there and and get you know not just listen to major media of course but but look for the good news the major media is not going to cover it but it's happening all over the nation and that's why these guys never get through their stacks of good news we share as much of it as we possibly can in the short time that we have with you each friday but then of course be listening throughout the week as well Usually have some great interviews for you Monday through Wednesday. And then, our, of course, our Foundations of Freedom Thursday, your chance to ask questions. You can send those into radio at wallbuilders.com. That's radio at wallbuilders.com. And then we'll get to as many of those as we can as well. Thanks so much for listening today, folks. You've been listening to Wall Builders. 